Hello and welcome to this podcast on achieving the demands of profitability and sustainability across your supply chain in the food and beverage industry. This podcast is brought to you by 4C Associates in partnership with the Food and Drink Federation. This is the second podcast we've done on food and beverage supply chains, so please take a listen to our building supply chain resilience for turbulent times in the food and beverage industry if you haven't already. 4C Associates are a leading commercial supply chain and operations consultancy that harnesses the power of people and collaboration to build transformative solutions that create sustainable impact for our clients and society. I'm Katie Gallagher, Director and Head of Consumer Products at 4C, and I'm joined today by my colleague Gopal Ayer, who is Head of our Supply Chain Practice. Hi, Katie. I'm once again going to be interviewing Gopal, this time on how to balance the need to have a sustainable supply chain with the need for companies to also ensure it's a profitable one. It's a complex topic, so Gopal, let's start with this. What does a sustainable supply chain look like? Hi, Katie. Now, that's a great question, sustainability. Now, that's one of the questions that we all are trying to answer anyway. Now, for me, sustainability and sustainable supply chains is a combination of three things, people, planet, and profit. Now, you could also see it as ethical, environmental, economical. Supply chains that are trying to do good on all the, these three areas would, in my opinion, be termed as a sustainable supply chain. Now, we need to look at the perspective of the ethical, environmental, economical from maybe a 10,000 feet height where we are bringing together the industrial, natural, human and tech systems which are working in tandem to create a better world. Now, global supply chains today are connected, more connected than ever. In most of the cases, we are all dipping into the same common pool of resources and hence sustainable supply chain becomes really, really more important. But when we look into the global supply chains, we are bringing together a kind of a very interesting mix of companies, suppliers, systems, people coming together to create the product that our consumers are buying today. You would have elements around uh, the raw material production. You would have elements when you're moving stuff around the world. You would have manufacturing systems which would be trying to con- which would try to convert your uh, products into something which is more usable and your consumers are buying from the retail outlets. And at the same time, you also need to look into how the post-consumption product is being managed, disposed or even reused in, 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 in supply chains or in, in landfills. And that for me becomes a very important characteristic of how sustainable supply chains come together in order to generate value for, this, uh, for the world today. Yeah, and consumers these days are increasingly demanding greater sustainability from their products and therefore from the companies they're buying from. What are the kinds of sustainable initiatives that consumers are expecting to see? I think to answer that question, it's important to look at the perspective of what has happened to the supply chains. Now, some years ago, we used to be very focused on transactional element supply chain, where supply chains were mainly focused on creating the, getting the lowest price, getting cost improvement, and those kinds of measures, which was important, which is still important. But these days, we see a lot of purpose-led or experience-led economy, where you're looking at brand and value belongingness coming together, which is driving loyalty and choice. Consumers today are becoming much more vigilant of what they're buying, where they're buying from, and how they're using products. For that, they really want to know about things like what is the, what is the product that I'm buying? What is going into the product? How transparent can a, can a company be in order to share all those details with me? And more importantly, am I as a customer consumer making the right decisions to impact the world in the right way possible? And that's why some of the levers that a lot of uh, supply chains need to take into consideration become very important. Like, for example, making sure they understand and they're able to share where the product is coming from and what's actually going into the product and how transparent can they be about the whole operation. 
Can they share details about the kind of people that they're employing, the kind of practices that they're deploying out there to manage them? And at the same time, are they using fair trade practices to pay their supply chains and their suppliers and share the benefits with their consumers and customers alike? So there are quite a few things which are happening, which are, which are going on there. Yeah, and consumers, they expect so much more visibility and traceability throughout the entirety of the supply chain, more than I think they ever have previously. They care about provenance, they care about food miles, about carbon footprint, water usage, energy usage. There's a lot more information that consumers are demanding. But when you look at the activities that food and beverage producers, manufacturers have to implement to to be sustainable, to have a sustainable supply chain, do these activities come at a cost? Do they negatively impact the profitability? Now that is a, that is, that's an interesting way to look at because uh, if you look at, actually it comes down to the point about how you're actually measuring the cost which has gone into play. Like any transformation program, anything which is challenging the end-to-end supply chain, it's important to look at a multi-year benefit and multi-year cost analysis. Uh, if someone tries to analyze based on the next six to eight months, then definitely there would be huge investments coming into play. How you're working with your suppliers, how are you trying to impact their ways of working? Are you going to be paying more as in the fair wage as you should? But when you look at the long-term play, when you look at the way the customer loyalty comes in your, way, in, in your direction, when you look into the perspective that you probably are going to be using less material because a lot of material would be going back into the system through the circular economy fundamentals, you would be more efficient in the way you operate. And all these elements would ideally lead to cost reduction in definition. Thanks, Gopal. And can you share any examples of how sustainability also reduces costs? So that not just in a long-term perspective, but are there any short-term examples that you can think of? There there can be some short-term initiatives. Now, Obviously, when people talk of sustainability, the first thing that comes into play is, oh, I'm going to transform the entire supply chain, and that definitely is the wider goal. But if we start with some basic, much short-termism kind of uh, approaches out there, you could have automated lighting environmental controls. You could have you could go paperless in your organization, uh, where the ROI in our experience have been less than one year. Uh, some investments around warehouses, which you could probably use, uh, uh, some, say, say, renewable energy to run your warehouses. And while the initial two or three months might seem uh, a bit higher on cost, but over the year, it would definitely start reducing further. Uh, you could look into elements like, can I run my transport assets better? Uh, looking into optimizing some of the routes, uh, some Initiatives like backhauling, where you might be able to use your own transport links to pick up some stuff from suppliers when it's coming into, into, into your organization. At the same time, looking at opportunities to kind of turning your inventory much quicker, working with your suppliers in a way that they don't have to hold stock to a particular minimum order quantity before they are able to ship that through to you. All, in essence, should have your return on investments in less than a year. And then again, there are initiatives like packaging. There are initiatives like uh, like one of the words that I love talking about is cooperation, where you're looking at uh, cooperating with the competition yeah. and making sure that any any losses which are currently there in the in your regional supply chains, you could actually work on them as opportunities. And uh, the, these initiatives have been pretty prevalent uh, over the last three four years because companies have definitely started thinking about how has a pandemic, how has a war, and how have climate change initiatives actually started impacting their operations. Thanks, Gopal. And then if we think about the food and beverage industry in particular, 
any particular challenges or opportunities that they need to consider when it comes to that com- competition between sustainability and profitability? I think we. I think there are three key challenges that uh, would be there in front of food and beverage industry today. Uh, one would be lack of transparency, where people do have a decent enough understanding of who their immediate suppliers are. There is still a lot of uh, unknown, a lot of should we say it's it's it just it's 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 a black hole in a way where the information is coming is, is actually getting lost, where they really need to understand where exactly, what exactly the supply chain actually looks like beyond the tier one, what products, what uh, flows and everything around it. So that's a big challenge. The second challenge which comes in my mind is the lack of regulatory uniformity because Mm -hmm. supply chains, they are global today. And uh, depending upon which country, which geography you're buying from uh, in order to manage your product flow, there is a different uh, gamut of regulatory issues which is going on in the mix. So having a good control over everything is a bit bit of a challenge. Last but not least, lack of resources. There are a lot of people who want to do good and want to be involved in the whole element of sustainability. But then making sure that they are able to kind of, they are empowered and they get the right support in order to, in order to make sure that they are not being greenwashed, they are not being, uh, kind of they're actually making the right decisions for the right reasons. I think those are the three elements which become the key three challenges for me when it comes to food and beverage industry today. Okay. What about the three key opportunities then? Let's positive spin it. (laughs) I think for me, there, well, could definitely from an opportunity for benefit point of view, we could definitely go uh, on a huge list of things. But the key opportunities that comes to my mind, uh, one is about cost reduction. Uh, as we have already touched upon, and looking into the whole elements around the fuel consumption, the energy use, the raw material use, so which I would classify under the green systems. You could have the material waste reduction when it comes to green packaging, or you could look at some of the green infrastructure where you're trying to create more greener assets around you, like better warehouses, looking at uh, EVs to run some of a part of your fleet, and so on and so forth. So for me, all of those elements would fit into the cost reduction stream of things. But then again, there are elements around risk management, a more diversified supply chain is what you're going to get as a part of uh, uh, being sustainable. Uh, you're going to be mis- more risk aware. So if uh, when the next black swan event hits you, you probably will be in a better position to make those decisions because you would have already assessed your supply chains for where the vulnerabilities are. And last but not least, looking at the regulatory and compliance and also the pressure from the partners and public sentiment, I think you are much better prepared and uh, in a much better position to drive the customer loyalty and customer lifetime value based on that. Yeah, and I think one of the opportunities that I see is to tap into the small and medium enterprises. So you have a lot of new innovative companies coming up with really interesting ways to deal with the sustainability challenges and I think there's a lot of new players that have interesting things to say and do in terms of packaging in terms of automation in terms of energy saving that actually big food and beverage companies could be tapping into and I think that diversification of the supply chain it's it's a key one for me. I think that's a very good point, Katie, and that definitely drives a new age thinking, a new yeah. adoption of much better adoption of technology, yeah. and uh, it can just make supply chains stronger and better. Yeah. Thanks, Gopal. So, in summary, what does a sustainable supply chain look like? It's one that is focused on people, planet, and profit. One that has a positive impact ethically, environmentally, and economically for that organisation. 
We've talked about the global complexity of supply chains these days for food and beverage manufacturers, from raw material production through to transport, and right the way down to, to reuse and recycle at the end. In terms of how to balance that sustainability with profitability, it's about being purpose-led. We talked last time about the importance of supply chain resilience, and that theme continues here. You need that visibility and that traceability that comes with collaborating from your, with your supply chain partners. Can a supply chain be sustainable and profitable? Yes, but you can't take the short-term view. While there are some initiatives that will drive a short-term return on investment, things like going paperless, investing in renewable energy, looking at your backhaul, your turning inventory quicker, you need to take a multi-year cost perspective to really be able to balance those challenges. We talked about the three key challenges in a food and beverage supply chain that lack of transparency within your supply chain, the struggles of seeing beyond tier one, that lack of regulatory uniformity and the challenges that come from moving products across multiple different geographies with different ways of working. And we talked about some of the challenges of lack of resources, but there are still opportunities. There's opportunities on cost reduction, be that fuel, be that material waste reduction. There's opportunities to diversify your supply chain making you more resilient, able to handle risk and work and tap into the small and medium enterprises that have the innovative ways to support you. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. But if you'd like to to discuss further anything you've heard, then please get in touch with myself or GoPal. Or to find out more about 4C, our services and where we've supported clients do this before, head to our website, 4cassociates.com. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for listening.